47, ton 1642, reprinted in Harley and Miscellany, vi. 613, a parallel between Robert Earl of Essex and George Late Duke of Buckingham, by the same writer 1641, in the Thomas Sun Tracts, 16420, characters of the same by Edward, Earl of Clarendon 1706, Life of George Villiers, Duke of Buckingham, and C. London, 1740, Historical and Biographical Memoirs of George Villiers, Duke of Buckingham London, 1819, Letters of the Duke and Duchess of Buckingham Edinburgh, 1834, Historia Vitae, Rickard II, and C. By those, Hearn 1729, Documents Illustrating the Impeachment of Buckingham, published by the Camden Society and edited by S. R. Gardiner 1889, Epistoli James Howell, 187, 189, 203, Poems and Songs Relating to George Villiers, Duke of Buckingham, Education by R. W. Fairhold for the Percy Society 1850, Reese's Diary Camden Sock, 1856, page 27, Gent, Mag, 1845, E.I., 137-144, Portrait of Buckingham Dead, Cal of State Papers, and Emesis, in the British Museum Various Collections, Hist, Emesis, Com, Series, see also P. Gibbs, The Romance of George Villiers, First Duke of Buckingham 1908, S.R.G., P.C.Y.I.E. in the Villiers line, see above, The Life, by Sir Henry Wong gives August 28th as the date of his birth, but, when relating his death on August 23rd, adds, thus died the great peer in the 36th year of his age complete and three days over, August 28th was therefore probably a misprint for August 20th, Buckingham, George V. Liars, 2nd Duke of 1628-1687, English statesman, son of the 1st Duke, was born on the 30th of January 1628, he was brought up, together with his younger brother Francis, by King Charles I with his own children, and was educated at Trinity College, Cambridge, where he obtained the degree of M.A. in 1642. He fought for the king in the Civil War, and took part in the attack on Lichfield Close in April 1643. Subsequently, under the care of the Earl of Northumberland, the two brothers traveled abroad and lived at Florence and Rome. When the Second Civil War broke out they joined the Earl of Holland in Surrey, in July 1648, Lord Francis was killed near Kingston, and Buckingham and Holland were surprised at St. Neots on the 10th, the Duke succeeding in escaping to Holland, in consequence of his participation in the rebellion, his lands, which had been restored to him in 1647 on account of his youth, were now again confiscated, a considerable portion passing into the possession of Fairfax, and he refused to compound, Charles I.I conferred on him the garter on the 19th of September 1649, and admitted him to the Privy Council on the 6th of April 1650. In opposition to Hyde he supported the alliance with the Scottish Presbyterians, accompanied Charles to Scotland in June, and allied himself with Argyle, dissuading Charles from joining the Royalist plot of October 1650, and being suspected of betraying the plan to the convening leaders. In May he had been appointed General of the Eastern Association in England and was commissioned to raise forces abroad, and in the following year he was chosen to lead the projected movement in Lancashire and to command the Scottish Royalists. He was present with Charles at the Battle of Worcester on the 3rd of September 1651, and escaped safely v.04p.0670 alone to Rotterdam in October. His subsequent negotiations with Cromwell's government, 
and his readiness to sacrifice the interests of the church, separated him from the rest of Charles's advisers and diminished his influence, while his estrangement from the royal family was completed by his audacious courtship of the king's sister, the widowed princess of Orange, and by a money dispute with Charles. In 1657 he returned to England, and on the 15th of September married Mary, daughter of Lord Fairfax, who had fallen in love with him although the bands of her intended marriage with the Earl of Chesterfield had been twice called in church. Buckingham was soon suspected of organizing a Presbyterian plot against the government, and in spite of Fairfax's interest with Cromwell an order was issued for his arrest on the 9th of October. He was confined at York House about April 1658 and having broken bounds was rearrested on the 18th of August and imprisoned in the Tower, where he remained till the 23rd of February 1659, being then liberated on his promise not to abet the enemies of the government, and on Fairfax's security of L20.000. He joined the latter in his march against Lambert in January 1660, and afterwards claimed to have gained Fairfax to the cause of the restoration, on the King's return Buckingham, who met him at his landing at Dover was at first received coldly, but he was soon again in favor, was appointed a gentleman of the bedchamber, carried the orb at the coronation on the 23rd of April 1661, and was made Lord Lieutenant of the West Riding of Yorkshire on the 21st of September, the same year he accompanied the Princess Henrietta to Paris on her marriage with the Duke of Orléans, but made love to her himself with such imprudence that he was recalled, on the 28th of April 1662 he was admitted to the Privy Council, his confiscated estates amounting to L26.000 a year were restored to him, and he was reputed the king's richest subject. He took part in the suppression of the projected insurrection in Yorkshire in 1663, went to sea in the First Dutch War in 1665, and was employed in taking measures to resist the Dutch or French invasion in June 1666. He was, however, debarred from high office by Clarendon's influence. Accordingly Buckingham's intrigues were now directed to effect the Chancellor's ruin. He organized parties in both Houses of Parliament in support of the Bill of 1666 prohibiting the import of Irish cattle, partly to oppose Clarendon and partly to thwart the Duke of Ormond, having asserted during the debates that whoever was against the Bill had either an Irish interest or an Irish understanding. He was challenged by Lord Ossery. Buckingham avoided the encounter, and Ossery was sent to the Tower. A short time afterwards, during a conference between the two houses on the 19th of December, he came to blows with the Marquis of Dorchester, pulling off the latter's periwig, while Dorchester at the close of the scuffle had much of the Duke's hair in his hand. According to Clarendon no misdemeanor so flagrant had ever before offended the dignity of the House of Lords. The offending peers were both sent to the Tower, but were released after apologizing, and Buckingham vented his spite by raising a claim to the title of Lord Ruse held by Dorchester's son-in-law. His opposition to the government had forfeited the king's favor, and he was now accused of treasonable intrigues, and of having cast the king's horoscope. His arrest was ordered on the 25th of February 1667, and he was dismissed from all his offices. He avoided capture till the 27th of June, when he gave himself up and was imprisoned in the tower. He was released, however, by July 17th, was restored to favor and to his appointments on the 15th of September and took an active part in the prosecution of Clarendon. On the latter's fall he became the chief minister, though holding no high office except that of Master of the Horse, bought from the Duke of Albemarle in 1668. In 1671 he was elected Chancellor of Cambridge, 
and in 1672 High Steward of Oxford University. He favored religious toleration, and earned the praise of Richard Baxter. He supported a scheme of comprehension in 1668, and advised the Declaration of Indulgence in 1672. He upheld the original jurisdiction of the Lords in Skinner's case. With these exceptions Buckingham's tenure of office was chiefly marked by scandals and intrigues. His illicit connection with the Countess of Shrewsbury led to a duel with her husband at Barn Elms on the 16th of January 1668, in which Shrewsbury was fatally wounded. The tale that the Countess, disguised as a page, witnessed the encounter, appears to have no foundation, but Buckingham, by installing the widow of his own creation in his own and his wife's house, outraged even the lax opinion of that day. He was thought to have originated the project of obtaining the divorce of the childless queen. He intrigued against James, against Sir William Coventry one of the ablest statesmen of the time, whose fall he procured by provoking him to send him a challenge and against the great Duke of Ormond, who was dismissed in 1669. He was even suspected of having instigated Thomas Blood's attempt to kidnap and murder Ormond, and was charged with the crime in the king's presence by Ormond's son, Lord Ossery, who threatened to shoot him dead in the event of his father's meeting with a violent end, Arlington next to Buckingham himself the most powerful member of the cabal and a favorite of the king, was a rival less easy to overcome, and he derived considerable influence from the control of foreign affairs entrusted to him. Buckingham had from the first been an adherent of the French alliance, while Arlington concluded through Sir William Temple in 1668 the Triple Alliance, but on the complete bold face and surrender made by Charles to France in 1670. Arlington as a Roman Catholic was entrusted with the first Treaty of Dover of the 20th of May which besides providing for the united attack on Holland, included Charles's undertaking to proclaim himself a Romanist and to reintroduce the Roman Catholic faith into England, while Buckingham was sent to France to carry on the sham negotiations which led to the public treaties of the 31st of December 1670 and the 2nd of February 1672. He was much pleased with his reception by Louis Exivy declared that he had more honors done him than ever were given to any subject, and was presented with a pension of 10.000 livres a year for Lady Shrewsbury. In June 1672 he accompanied Arlington to the Hague to impose terms on the Prince of Orange, and with Arlington arranged the new treaty with Lewis. After all this activity he suffered a keen disappointment in being passed over for the command of the English forces in favor of Schomburg. He now knew of the secret treaty of Dover and towards the end of 1673 his jealousy of Arlington became open hostility. He threatened to impeach him, and endeavored with the help of Lewis to stir up a faction against him in Parliament. This, however, was unsuccessful, and in January 1674 an attack was made upon Buckingham himself simultaneously in both houses. In the Lords the trustees of the young Earl of Shrewsbury complained that Buckingham continued publicly his intimacy with the Countess and that a son of theirs had been buried in Westminster Abbey with the title of Earl of Coventry, and Buckingham, after presenting an apology, was required, as was the Countess, to give security for L10.000 not to cohabit together again. In the Commons he was attacked as the promoter of the French alliance, of popery and arbitrary government. He defended himself chiefly by endeavoring to throw the blame upon Arlington, but an address was voted petitioning the King to remove him from his councils presence and from employment forever. Charles, who had only been waiting for a favorable opportunity, and who was enraged at Buckingham's disclosures, consented with alacrity. Buckingham retired into private life, reformed his ways, 
attended church with his wife, began to pay his debts, became a patriot, and was claimed by the country or opposition party as one of their leaders. In the spring of 1675 he was conspicuous for his opposition to the test oath and for his abuse of the bishops, and on the 16th of November he introduced a bill for the relief of the nonconformists. On the 15th of February 1677 he was one of the four lords who endeavored to embarrass the government by raising the question whether the parliament, not having assembled according to the act of Edward III, once in the year, had not been dissolved by V.04P.0671 the recent prorogation. The motion was rejected and the four lords were ordered to apologize. On their refusing, they were sent to the tower, Buckingham in particular exasperating the house by ridiculing its censure. He was released in July, and immediately entered into intrigues with Barillon, the French ambassador, with the object of hindering the grant of supplies to the king, and in 1678 he visited Paris to get the assistance of Louis Exide. For the cause of the opposition, he took an active part in the prosecution of those implicated in the supposed popish plot, and accused the Lord Chief Justice Sir William Scroggs in his own court while on circuit of favoring the Roman Catholics. In consequence of his conduct a writ was issued for his apprehension, but it was never served. He promoted the return of Whig candidates to Parliament, constituted himself the champion of the dissenters, and was admitted a freeman of the City of London. He, however, separated himself from the Whigs on the exclusion question, probably on account of his dislike of Monmouth and Shaftesbury, was absent from the great debate in the Lords on the 15th of November 1680 and was restored to the king's favor in 1684. He took no part in public life after James's accession, but returned to his manor of Helmsley in Yorkshire, the cause of his withdrawal being probably exhausted health and exhausted finances. In 1685 he published a pamphlet, entitled A Short Discourse on the Reasonableness of Man's Having a Religion reprinted in Summer's Tracts 1813, in which after discussing the main subject he returned to his favorite topic religious toleration. The tract provoked some rejoinders and was defended, amongst others, by William Penn, and by the author himself in the Duke of Buckingham's letter to the unknown author of a short answer to the Duke of Buckingham's paper 1685. In hopes of converting him to Roman Catholicism James sent him a priest, but Buckingham turned his arguments into a ridicule. He died on the 16th of April 1687, from a chill caught while hunting, in the house of a tenant at Kirkby Moorside in Yorkshire expressing great repentance and feeling himself, despised by my country and I fear forsaken by my God, the miserable picture of his end drawn by Pope, however, is greatly exaggerated, he was buried on the 7th of June 1687 in Henry the I. single quote as chapel in Westminster Abbey, in greater state, it was said, than the late king, and with greater splendor, with his death the family founded by the extraordinary rise to power and influence of the first duke ended, as he left no legitimate children the title became extinct, and his great estate had been completely dissipated, of the enormous mansion constructed by him at Cliveman in Buckinghamshire not a stone remains, the ostentatious license and the unscrupulous conduct of the Alcibiades of the 17th century had been deservedly censured, but even his critics agree that he was good-humored, good-natured, generous, an unsurpassed mimic and the leader of fashion, and with his good looks in spite of his moral faults and even crimes, he was irresistible to his contemporaries. Many examples of his amusing wit have survived. His portrait has been drawn by Burnett, Count Hamilton in the Memoirs de Grammont, Dryden, Pope in the Epistle to Lord Bathurst, 
and Sir Walter Scott in Peveril of the Peak. He is described by Rearesby as the first gentleman of person and with I think I ever saw, and Burnett bears the same testimony. Dean Lockyer, after alluding to his unrivaled skill in riding, dancing and fencing, adds, when he came into the presence chamber it was impossible for you not to follow him with your eye as he went along. He moved so gracefully, racing and hunting were his favorite sports, and his name long survived in the hunting songs of Yorkshire. He was the patron of Cowley, Strat, Matthew Clifford and Witcherly. He dabbled in chemistry, and for some years, according to Burnett, he thought he was very near the finding of the Philosopher's Stone. He set up glass works at Lambeth the productions of which were praised by Evelyn, and he spent much money, according to his biographer Brian Fairfax, in building insanity substructions. Dryden described him under the character of Zimri in the celebrated lines in Absalom and Achitofel to which Buckingham replied in poetical reflections on a late poem, by a person of honor, 1682, a man so various, that he seemed to be not one, but all mankind's epitome, stiff in opinions, always in the wrong, was everything by starts and nothing long, but in the course of one revolving moon, was chemist, fiddler, statesman and buffoon, beggared by fools whom still he found too late. He had his chest, but they had his estate. Buckingham, however, cannot with any truth be called the epitome of mankind. On the contrary, the distinguishing features of his life are its incompleteness, aimlessness, imperfection, insignificance, neglect of talents and waste of opportunities. He saw and approved the best, says Brian Fairfax, but did too often deteriorate a He is more severely but more justly judged by himself. In gay moments indeed he had written, Methinks, I see the wanton hours flee, and as they pass a turn back and laugh at me. But his last recorded words on the approach of death. Oh, what a prodigal have I been of that most valuable of all possessions time. Express with exact truth the fundamental flaw of his character and career, of which he had at last become conscious. Buckingham wrote occasional verses and satires showing undoubted but undeveloped poetical gifts, a collection of which, containing however many pieces not from his pen, was first published by Tom Brown in 1704, while a few extracts from a commonplace book of Buckingham of some interest are given in an article in the Quarterly Review of January 1898. He was the author of the rehearsal, an amusing and clever satire on the heroic drama and especially on Dryden first performed on the 7th of December 1671, at the Theatre Royal, and first published in 1672 a deservedly popular play which was imitated by Fielding in Tom Thumb the Great, and by Sheridan in The Critic. Buckingham also published two adapted plays, The Chances, altered from Fletcher's play of the same name 1682 and The Restoration or Right will take place, from Beaumont and Fletcher's Philaster Pubble, 1714, and also The Battle of Sedgemoor and The Militant Couple Pubble, 1704. The latest edition of his works is that by T. Evans two volumes, eight though. 1775. Another work is named by Wood a demonstration of the deity, of which there is now no trace. Bibliography. The life of Buckingham has been well and accurately traced and the chief authorities collected in the article in the dict. Of Matt. Biography 1899 by C. H. Firth. And in George Villiers. Second Duke of Buckingham. By Lady Bird Clare 1903. Other biographies are in Wood's Athenox on Bliss. If. 207. In Biographia Britannica, by Brian Fairfax, printed in H. Walpole's Catalogue of Pictures of George Duke of Buckingham 1758, 
in Arbor's edition of the rehearsal 1868, and by the author of Hudibras in the genuine remains of Mr. Samuel Butler, by Arbyre 1759, E.I. 72. The following may also be mentioned, Quarterly Review, January 1898 Commonplace Book, A Conference on the Doctrine of Transubstantiation Between the Duke of Buckingham and Father Fitzgerald 1714, a narrative of the cause and manner of the imprisonment of the Lords 1677, the declaration of the Duke of Buckingham and the Earls of Holland and Peterborough, associated for the King 1648, S.R. Gardiner's Hist, of the Commonwealth 1894-1901, Hist, of Eng, Poetry, by W.J. Courthope 1903, E.I. 460, Horace Walpole's Royal and Noble Authors, E.I. 304, Miscellanea Olica, by T. Brown 1702, and the Fairfax Correspondence 1848-1849. For the correspondence see Charles I.I. and Scotland in 1650 Scottish History Sock. Volumes B. 1894, Calendars of St. Pap. Dom. Hist. Emesis. Com. Series. Emesis. Of Duke of Buckluch at Montague House. Of Mrs. Franklin Russell Astley. Of Mark. Of Ormond. And various collections, and English Hist. Ref. April 1905. XX. 373. PCYE in the Villiers line, see above. Clarendon. Life and Continuation. 979. Quarterly Review. January 1898. Page 110. From his Commonplace Book Quarterly Ref. Volume 187. Page 87. Buckingham. Henry Stafford. Second Duke of 1454-1483, was the son of Humphrey Stafford, killed at the First Battle of St. Albans in 1455, and grandson of Humphrey the First Duke C.R., 1444, killed at Northampton in 1460, both fighting for Lancaster. The First Duke, who bore the title of Earl of Buckingham in right of his mother, was the son of Edmund, Fifth Earl of Stafford, and of Anne, daughter of Thomas. Duke V.04P.0672 of Gloucester, youngest son of Edward III. Henry's mother was Margaret, daughter of Edmund Beaufort, second Duke of Somerset, grandson of John of Gaunt. Thus he came on both sides of the blood royal, and this, coupled with the vastness of his inheritance, made the young Duke's future of importance to Edward Ivy. He was recognized as Duke in 1465, and next year was married to Catherine Woodville, the Queen's sister. On reaching manhood he was made a Knight of the Garter in 1474, and in 1478 was high steward at the trial of George, Duke of Clarence. He had not otherwise filled any position of importance, but his fidelity might seem to have been secured by his marriage. However, after Edward's death, Buckingham was one of the first persons worked upon by Richard, Duke of Gloucester. It was through his help that Richard obtained possession of the young king and he was at once rewarded with the offices of Justiciar and Chamberlain of North and South Wales, and Constable of all the royal castles in the Principality and Welsh Marshes. In the proceedings which led to the deposition of Edward he took a prominent part, and on the 24th of June 1483 he urged the citizens at the Guildhall to take Richard as king, in a speech of much eloquence, for he was neither unlearned and of nature marvelously well spoken, more, at Richard's coronation he served as Chamberlain, and immediately afterwards was made Constable of England and confirmed in his powers in Wales. Richard might well have believed that the Duke's support was secured, but early in August Buckingham withdrew from the court to Brecon. He may have thought that he deserved an even greater reward, 
or possibly had dreams of establishing his own claims to the crown, at all events, at Brecon he fell somewhat easily under the influence of his prisoner, John Morton QV who induced him to give his support to his cousin Henry Tudor, Earl of Richmond, a widespread plot was soon formed, but Richard had early warning, and on the 15th of October, issued a proclamation against Buckingham, Buckingham, as arranged, prepared to enter England with a large force of Welshmen, his advance was stopped by an extraordinary flood on the Severn, his army melted away without striking a blow, and he himself took refuge with a follower, Ralph Bannister, at Lacan Hall, near Wim. the man betrayed him for a large reward, and on the 1st of November, Buckingham was brought to the king at Salisbury, Richard refused to see him, and after a summary trial had him executed next day 2nd of November 1483, though it was a Sunday, Buckingham's eldest son, Edward 1478-1521, eventually succeeded him as third duke, the attainder being removed in 1485, the second son, Henry, was afterwards Earl of Wiltshire, the third duke played an important part as Lord High Constable at the opening of the reign of Henry VII, and is introduced into Shakespeare's play of that king, but he fell through his opposition to Wolsey, and in 1521 was condemned for treason and executed 17th of May, the title was then forfeited with his attainder, his only son Henry 1501-1563, who in his father's lifetime was styled Earl of Stafford, being, however, given back his estates in 1522, and in 1547 restored in blood by Parliament with the title of Baron Stafford, which became extinct in this line with Roger, 5th Baron in 1640. In that year the barony of Stafford was granted to William Howard 1614-1680, who after two months was created Viscount Stafford, he was beheaded in 1680, and his son was created Earl of Stafford in 1688, a title which became extinct in 1762, but in 1825 the descent to the barony of 1640 was established, to the satisfaction of the House of Lords, in the person of Sir G. W. Jerningham, in whose family it then continued. The chief original authorities for the life of the second Duke of Buckingham are the continuation of the Crowellan Chronicle, Sir Thomas More's Richard III, and Fabian's Chronicle. Amongst modern authorities consult J. Gardner's Richard III, and Sir J. Ramsay's Lancaster and York, CLKIE in the Stafford line, see above. Buckingham, James Silk 1786-1855, English author and traveler was born near Falmouth on the 25th of August 1786, the son of a farmer, his youth was spent at sea, after years of wandering he established in 1818 the Calcutta Journal, this venture at first proved highly successful, but in 1823 the paper's outspoken criticisms of the East India Company led to the expulsion of Buckingham from India and to the suppression of the paper by John Adam, the acting Governor-General, his case was brought before Parliament and a pension of L200 a year was subsequently awarded him by the East India Company as compensation. Buckingham continued his journalistic ventures on his return to England, and started the Oriental Herald 1824 and the Athenium 1828 which was not a success in his hands, in Parliament, where he sat as member for Sheffield from 1830 to 1837. He was a strong advocate of social reform. He was a most voluminous writer. He had traveled much in Europe. America and the East, and wrote a great number of full books of travel. In 1851 the value of these and of his other literary work was recognized by the grant of a civil list pension of L200 a year. At the time of his death in London, on the 30th of June 1855, 
Buckingham was at work on his autobiography, two volumes of the intended for being completed and published 1855. His youngest son, Lester Silk Buckingham 1825-1867, achieved no little popularity as a playwright, several of his free adaptations of French comedies being produced in London between 1860 and 1867. Buckingham, a market town and municipal borough and the county town of Buckinghamshire, England in the Buckingham Parliamentary Division, 61 metres NW of London by a branch of the London and North Western Railway. Pop. 1901-3152. It lies in an open valley on the upper part of the River Ouse, which encircles the main portion of the town on three sides, the Church of St. Peter and St. Paul, which was extensively restored by Sir Gilbert Scott, a native of this neighbourhood, is of the 18th century, and stands on the site of the old castle. The town hall dates from the close of the previous century, and the grammar school was founded by Edward VI, in part occupying buildings of earlier date, which retain perpendicular and decorated windows, and a Norman door, a chantry, founded in 1268 by Matthew Stratton, Archdeacon of Buckingham, previously occupied the site, the Norman work may be a remnant of the chapel of a guild of the Holy Trinity, the manor houses of the early part of the 17th century, and other old houses remain the adjacent mansion of Stowe, approached from the town by a magnificent avenue of elms, and surrounded by gardens very beautifully laid out, was the seat of the Dukes of Buckingham until the extinction of the title in 1889. Buckingham is served by a branch of the Grand Junction Canal, and has agricultural trade, manufactures of condensed milk and artificial manure, malting sand flour mills, while an old industry survives to a modified extent in the manufacture of pillow lace. The bird was under a mayor, for aldermen and twelve councillors. Area, 5,006 acres. Buckingham Buckingham. Buckingham was an important stronghold in pre-conquest times, and in 918 Edward the Elder encamped there with his army for four weeks, and threw up two forts on either side of the water. At the time of the Domesday survey there were 26 purchases in Buckingham, which, together with the hamlet of Burden, was assessed at one hide, although it appears as a burden thus early. The town received no charter until 1554, when Queen Mary created it a free borough corporate with a bailiff, twelve principal burgesses and a steward, and defined the boundaries as extending in width from Dudley Bridge to Thornbrow Bridge and in length from Chatmore Bridge to Padbury Mill Bridge. A charter from Charles I.I. in 1684 was very shortly abandoned in favor of the original grant, which held force until the Municipal Corporations Act of 1835. In 1529 and from 1545 onwards Buckingham returned to members to Parliament, until deprived by the Representation of the People Act of 1867 of one member, and by the Redistribution of Seats Act of 1885 of the other. Early mentions occur of markets and fairs, and from 1522, when Henry VII granted to Sir Henry Marney the borough of Buckingham with a Saturday market and two annual fairs, grants of fairs by various sovereigns were numerous. Buckingham was formerly an important agricultural center, and Edward III fixed here one of the staples for wool, but after the removal of these to Calais the trade suffered such decay that in an act of 32 Henry III, Buckingham is mentioned among 36 impoverished towns, Buckingham and Edora may and be, John Sheffield, 1st Duke of 1648-1721, English statesman and poet was born on V.04P.0673 the 7th of April 1648. He was the son of Edmund, 2nd Earl of Mulgrave, 
and succeeded to that title on his father's death in 1658. At the age of 18 he joined the fleet, to serve in the First Dutch War, on the renewal of hostilities in 1672 he was present at the Battle of Southwold Bay, and in the next year received the command of a ship. He was also made a colonel of infantry, and served for some time under Turenne. In 1680 he was put in charge of an expedition sent to relieve the town of Tangier. It was said that he was provided with a rotten ship in the hope that he would not return, but the reason of this abortive plot, if plot there was, is not exactly ascertained. At court he took the side of the Duke of York, and helped to bring about Monmouth's disgrace. In 1682 he was dismissed from the court, apparently for putting himself forward as a sweeter for the Princess Anne, but on the accession of King James he received a seat in the Privy Council, and was made Lord Chamberlain. He supported James in his most unpopular measures, and stayed with him in London during the time of his flight. He also protected the Spanish ambassador from the dangerous anger of the mob. He acquiesced, however, in the revolution, and in 1694 was made Marquess of Normandy. In 1696 he refused in company with other Tory peers to sign an agreement to support William as their rightful and lawful king against Jacobite attempts, and was consequently dismissed from the Privy Council on the accession of N, with whom he was a personal favorite. He became, 